Bridge is on a gospel-led mission to transform the foster care landscape in Ohio. We're here to raise awareness and empower churches and communities to step into action by supporting vulnerable children and families in their local communities. In this podcast, we'll be shining a light on stories of hope, redemption, and transformation and sharing practical ways that you can step in and get involved. Welcome to Restoried, a podcast by Hope Bridge. All right. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Restoried Podcast by Hope Bridge. Uh, My name is Brian, and I am Director of Church Engagement here at Hope Bridge. And right now we're kind of doing a series through the different speakers that are going to be uh, at Mobilize Ohio this year. And um, and we hope that you guys get excited and get to know them a little bit. And so that conference, Mobilize Ohio, is April 12th and 13th. And um, today we have the pleasure of having Jason Johnson with us. Uh, so Jason is a writer and speaker who encourages families and equips churches and leaders um, on their foster care and adoption journey. Um, he is the National Director of Church Engagement and Mobilization with the Christian Alliance for Orphans, or CAFO, uh, along with many other things. And I'll just say from my side, uh, Jason was at Mobilize Ohio last year and hearing him speak um, and also being part of some different <clears throat> cohorts with others in the same space of interacting with churches. Um, I've just been really encouraged and uh, challenged and inspired by the different things that Jason uh, leads the conversations in and um, and his heart for where the gospel is and our, our heart for foster care and adoption and, and these vulnerable kids and families. And so it's just been really uh, pretty awesome to be able to hear from him, learn from him. Um, but now actually have him on the podcast as well. So Jason, welcome. Well, great to be here. Fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, I'd love to first just get to know you a little bit for our listeners. Um, Tell us a little bit of your story, how you got to where you are now and um, yeah, where you are now. Okay. Well, I'll do the the short version as best (laughs) as I can. So um the 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 short version of a very long story obviously would be that uh i grew up in a ministry home grew up in a pastor's home and um always kind of knew that that would be a space that i ended up in i fought it for quite a while um but uh since college have been involved in really church-based ministry uh that evolved into church planting in the city of houston uh and um at the time that we planted our church, our daughters, our biological daughters were, um, actually one of them wasn't even born yet. So uh, little littles, uh, you know, kind of two-year-old baby, and then eventually another on the way. Uh, and a couple of years into our young church, uh, it became very clear that a huge part of the culture of the church just embedded within the people who were coming was adoption, foster care. Um, and that had been a conversation of my for my wife and I for quite some time. Uh, pretty typical conversation for people, uh, especially married couples. You know, maybe uh, before you get engaged or married, you kind of have the the conversations about. You know, I've always thought maybe one day I'd adopt, and then the other person, uh, you know, at, in order to impress uh, uh, whoever you know, the guy or girls. Oh yeah, me too, for sure. You know, kind of thing. Uh, but we actually meant it, you know, so it had been on her heart even before I met her 
it had been on mine before uh, uh, before we met and so we synced up on that point the question was always just kind of when and how and what does this look like right and it never really went away but got busy as a lot of people do uh early on in in life and then really just began to see it very tangibly in our in our church that i was pastoring uh, and it just became the right time for us. And so our girls um, at the time were five, three, and one, I believe, when we started the licensing process. Um, and, and I'll say this, uh, the question was always, um, we know on some level that our biological kids won't be it. We didn't really know what 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 that meant beyond that. Is it adoption? Um, uh and then we became aware of this thing called foster care. Is it foster care? Foster care, the goal isn't necessarily adoption, right? And so um, it, we, we began to discover um, that it's a very nuanced space. I mean, immediately. And anybody that's been involved in it for a, a while, not even a while, a short, very short time, quickly discovers this is an incredibly nuanced space. And... Um, but we just became very convinced that the more we learned about foster care, the more uh, it would affect the culture of our church as it already was. We want to be a church that does this well, that cares for our city well. And it'd be really, really difficult for us as a church to really care for our city well and pretend like this issue didn't exist. Mm -hmm. That was a big, big thing for me as a pastor is now that I know what I know, I can't pretend like it doesn't exist and I can't stand in front of our church and say, we're going to care for our city. Well, um, you know, and then kind of quietly think as long as nobody brings up that issue. Right. Um, we just couldn't do that. Uh, but then also what were the implications on our family? So our, our girls were five, three and one, we started our licensing process. It took us quite some time to actually get that uh, done. Uh, and then when they were six, four, and two-ish, uh, we welcomed our first placement into our home, and that was in 2012. Uh, and as many can relate to, that's the moment everything changed. <laughs> our, our lives literally changed in that moment, in that day. Again, because um, it's this collision of worlds. It moves from kind of concept to reality. This is real real moms and dads, real kiddos, real, real life. And so everything changed then. That fast forward uh, led to kind of years of continuing to, to lead our church and to foster and to write about it more, our experience, um, to actually begin to have opportunities to share about it more in other spaces. Uh, and that just led to this passion uh, within me to really help the church do this well, not just our church, but the church anywhere and everywhere had the opportunity to actually step out of our church. I'm out of my role at our church um, and begin to do that uh, in the city of Houston for about a year. And then uh, after that, got to join uh, the team of an organization called CAFO that some are familiar with uh, and now get to serve churches and organizations uh, like um, like yours uh, that are working with churches um, and get to come alongside people like you, who's that's your job um, mm -hmm. is is to develop those relationships with churches and how do we do that well? How do we serve the church well? Um, so that's the short version. Yeah, no, thanks for doing that. And yeah. I think a lot of our listeners <clears throat> can definitely relate to the the you know young children in your home already. A lot of stuff going on in your life, but 
saying, oh, we need to step into this. Like once we know what we know, how can we not yeah. step into this? Yeah. And I find, at least for our experience, and I have found this to be true in, in several others' experiences that I get to interact with, is that um, at some point it no longer is a, is a matter of clarity uh, where we're like praying to God, you know, make it clear. What do you want us to do? Like at some point, the scales tip on that and it really becomes a matter of kind of courage. Like mm-hmm. that's the prayer it is no longer God. What do you want us to do? And I think sometimes he might be up there going, uh, I've made it very clear to you. Um, your issue now is uh, the courage to do it, uh, you know, and um, it's, it's not the case for everybody, but I do think at some point, whatever our journey is, we all have to have a very keen understanding and keep our eyes on where we are in that that relationship between clarity and courage, because we can come up on that tipping point and if we're not paying attention, not realize it and spend way too long asking for clarity when really what we what we needed to be doing was praying that God would give us the courage to do what he's already made very clear to us. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, that's good. And that's that's where we find a lot of different people saying, man, I want to do it someday. And yeah, they're still yeah. waiting and finding that right time. But yeah, where, where do we step out in that courage? He says, you know, he is with us. He says he goes before us. He prepares the way and and will provide. So we got to trust yeah. him in that. That's the that's the key word is that one day. And we, we often say we were the one day family. There's a lot of one day families. And uh, the question is, how do you know when that one day has arrived? Mm. You know? Uh, it always kind of keeps, it seems to always be keep, we keep pushing it back. Well, when our kids are the right age, well, what's when's that? When life is slowed down enough, well, when is that? You know, when we have enough money, well, when's that? You know, so yeah. you're right. That that phrase is an important one, that that one day. Uh, and I don't think it's, um, it's a point of encouragement for people, I think, who find themselves in that place, because I think they feel within their gut I don't, we don't really even know what the definition of one day is. And then for those who have kind of been down that path, we can, we can step in and say, Hey, totally get it. Just so you know, there is no definition of one day, right? There's just like today and uh, there's never a perfect time to do it. Um, It's always at some level going to be disruptive. It's going to, it's going to shift things. You're never going to avoid that. It's just a matter of saying, okay, it's, Never a perfect time. Uh, and there's kids and families out there now. So now. Yeah. 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 Uh, we just recently, well, it was kind of a, a one day thing for us just recently. So had some health concerns at the same time, two little girls that we were fostering before hmm. with a family member. They asked, hey, things aren't working out. Can they come back into your home? So our home already is my son, biological Malachi, eight years old. And we have Samuel who we adopted through foster care is four. Uh, and then it'd be these two girls who are four and one. And then we also have a little boy that we're fostering right now. That's two months old. And so <laughs> went from, you know, Oh, we're figuring out life. Things are okay. It's, Oh, it's a little crazy. And now, Oh, he's asking us to really like, step up and, and take yeah. courage and, 
And there was a lot of seeking clarity um, and other people's advice and thoughts in and, and this time. And, and eventually it became very clear that God was saying, hey, we, you know what, take courage. Like, I got this. Like, step in. Trust me. Um, yeah. So we did. And uh, <laughs> it's been a wild <laughs> two, three weeks, but uh, but it's been really good at the same time. And I'm excited to see kind of how the journey continues on in this. So. That's cool. Uh, yeah, there's like literally zero time when it's the perfect time to have eight kid, uh, five kids under the age of eight. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, there's, you know, so it's like there is no perfect time for this. Um, but and if you're only watching, you know, I, I know this is podcast, so uh, we have perfect, uh, we have perfect faces for podcast. Um, but uh, if for it, to help you visualize, Brian is um, rolling around on the. Th- floor thrashing right now within his what little hair he has is yeah um, is sticking up straight and he's uh, in the fetal position kidding but <laughs> but you're you're not that's the thing is even with all the stuff you've been dealing with personally and medically and the um the just the the compli- the, the complicated but beautiful craziness of your home like you're okay mm-hmm. you're okay yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and you know what? It made us have to turn and trust a lot of other people, bring mm-hmm. them in, family members, uh, church support. Um, it humbled us to a place where we have to accept more help and, um, and embrace it and, and, and love that. So, cool. yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, a couple of things I wanted to talk on, uh, as we're getting ready for our conference, uh, you're kind of all in on this conference. So you're involved Friday, April 12th, <laughs> we have yes. the pastors and ministries workshop. Um, you led this last year as a little shorter version of it. And now we're doing a little bit longer one, nine to one. Uh, so yeah. if you're a pastor ministry leader, come check it out. You won't be disappointed, but tell us a little bit about your heart in that. And, um, just kind of what our listeners can expect if they'd come to that um, and what you'd like to hear pastors and minister lead, ministry leaders to hear in their churches and, and how to get involved. Yeah. So these are some of my favorite environments uh, because what you have are, are pastors and ministry leaders, church leaders, all the way from uh, volunteer kind of lay level, passionate advocate to staff, to lead pastor, ministry leaders from around town. And it's, it's just an incredible room to be in uh, for a number of reasons. I'll just try to top of top of mind, hit on a few. I think the one thing that strikes me um, every time is the diversity of people who are in the room. Um, and um, it's such a beautiful time to celebrate. Look around the room. Uh, un- under what other context or circumstances would those who are in the room representing the churches that they represent be in the room together. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it, it becomes cross-denominational. Uh, it even becomes um, like even stylistically. Like I love when I, there's leaders in the room of churches who their Sunday mornings could not look more different, right? Or yeah. their denominational backgrounds could not, uh, you know, have, have differences and variances uh, but we get to say how, how cool is it that we're in the room together because we're in this community together and there's kids and families, uh, that are worth being in the room for. And so that's always such an encouraging thing with that. It's encouraging for other church leaders who are 
starting to lean into this space and ask questions and and what does this look like for our church to be able to look around the room and realize hey we're not alone we're not the only ones thinking that or asking those questions that's really really powerful and it gives a lot of wind into the sails of those church leaders who are asking really good questions and then really the goal I would say would be connection uh, mm-hmm. for what for reasons we just talked about. Like, hey, we're in the room together. You're obviously in this room because God's been doing something in your church, in your heart, to kind of lead you to a place of, of we want to move forward strategically in our church. How do we do this well? Uh, and, and, you know, the room is full of those people. And so we want to connect and say, how do we do this? well in our church, but also how do we do this well together as a community and feed off of each other? So the connection, um, and then going back to that clarity piece, I find that the issue for church leaders tends to be, and I wouldn't even say tends to be, I'll, I'll say this, I have never met a church leader who says, Jason, I do not care about vulnerable people. I don't care about vulnerable children. And as a matter of fact, I don't want our church to care. I don't want anyone in our church to care about that kind of thing, right? Never met it. Seriously, doubt I ever will. So uh, these rooms are really beautiful expressions of um, not uh, uh, leaders who are saying, we don't care, convince us. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's leaders who are saying, we do care, help clarify for us. Like, how do we care? What does this look like strategically, effectively, sustainably? Um, we care. We just don't necessarily know how to care. And so we're, we're going to focus on clarity. So connection, clarity um, for the best next steps, resources that you need, that you might need that are helpful for you things to think through um, as you lead and shepherd your people, not only towards this, but through this, right? Mm -hmm. I think there's two paradigms there of what are we doing to help engage more people in our church into this? And then second, what are we doing to support more of our people through this as they Mm -hmm. engage with it? And those are two big buckets that we tend to, that we focus on. So connection, clarity, and then really, uh, as as you leave, just the confidence and knowing we know what our next step is, um, and we're starting to build a strategy and really clarify our vision, and we know what our next step is, um, and it's uh, and, and with tangible resources in their hands, new connections, and uh, just confidence, and we know what we're going to do next, and that's all that you need to know, right? You don't need to know what this will look like in two years, five years, ten years. Uh, we just want you to know, here's your next best step. Here's resources and relationships that can help help you with that, support you in that. And that's that's it. That's yeah. it. So they're always great. A lot of fun. Uh, I know it sounds like a long time, kind of the nine to one. It goes by so fast uh, and you're going to walk away with a ton. Yeah. No, I, I know I was at the one last year and uh, – pastors from my church were there and they walked away with a ton just in that time. Um, and they're already signing up for this year. Um, but yeah. I remember that I, I will say this, sorry to interrupt. No, I, get, I get to, um, I get to spend time in a lot of these rooms around the country. And I will say last year, you guys, um, 
assembled a room of people. And I think that might have been the first kind of gathering that you guys did for church leaders, ministry leaders. And let me say, uh, to those who weren't in the room, the room was full. It was mm -hmm. incredibly impressive, uh, especially for the first time gathering. So just for some frame of reference, what I saw you guys bring together last year um, for the first time, many organizations and networks around the country would die to be able to bring that kind of gathering together on their 10th attempt, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you're hearing this and you weren't in the room last year, just know there were a lot of people who were. And so for you to jump in this year, you'd be jumping into something. It really just feels like something unique and special that God's doing. Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, having a room that full of, like you said, so many different denominations, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> styles, all those different things, um, yeah. from nonprofit to church, you know, like it was, it was incredible. Um, and it was really cool to see everyone come together and have that same heart of saying, we want clarity. We want to figure this out and we want to start mm -hmm. this journey of, of stepping in and seeing, um, where our church, our ministry, um, can make a difference in this. And, and, you know, we had a lot of churches reach out to us and ministries reach out to us afterwards and cool. still trying to follow up on some of those. <laughs> um, so cool. yeah, definitely encourage any, any of you listening to come check it out or, or if you're listening and you <clears throat> can go to your church leaders, say something to them, get them to register. Um, and yeah. uh, I, I think it'll definitely be worth it. And we just want to keep spreading that word of, of how we can step in and make a difference. Um, to rewrite these stories for these vulnerable families and children. So it's good. I, I will say this, like for the question of who needs to be in the room. So let's, let's say you are maybe a volunteer leader in your church, maybe even you're on staff, but you, you've, you've been recognized as the, the leader of this ministry, or maybe it's unofficial. You're just kind of the most passionate advocate. We want you in the room, but it'd be really, really important for you to also invite your church leaders with you, but not in a way that says, hey, hey, church leaders, I need you to come to this so that you can learn more about um, things you should be doing uh, to add to your plate. But instead, hey, church leaders, I want you to come to this so that we can begin to think together about how I might help lead this out in our church with your knowledge and support having been in the room and heard uh, if that makes sense. Um, and then on the flip side, if you are a church leader, uh, a busy church leader, your plate's full and you're thinking, boy, if I go to that, I want to, but if I do, I'm going to walk away feeling like my plate is even more full. Then I would say you need to be in the room, but bring with you that person or group of people that you feel like are, will be the ones long-term to lead this out in your church um, mm -hmm. and invite them for that purpose. Hey, uh, and you, you probably already know who they are. It's probably obvious. Uh, and gosh, they would be honored. I mean, it would just, they'd flip their lid if mm -hmm. their pastor said, Hey, I'm going to go to this. I'd love for us to go together so that we can think through next steps and how you guys can really own this and take this um, leadership within our church. So whichever side of the coin you're on, I would say you're invited into the room and that and probably 
we'd just really encourage you to invite that counterpart into the room as well for those purposes. Mm, for sure. And that's definitely needed as, you know, as much as church leadership can be behind it and excited about it to have others leading it are so important. Being part of church leadership, uh, we have lots of things we want our church to be doing, but man, we don't all have the capacity or the time to do it and do it well. Um, and so finding people within sure. the church that have that same passion, man, that's awesome. And then, like you said, on the flip side, if you have that passion, you're that advocate already um, striving for change in that and for people to get involved, like getting your church leadership to buy in on it as well, knowing that it's very biblical. It's definitely there in the Bible. It's very clear what God's heart is in this. Um, but people want to see like, hey, this is this is how we can do this. These are some resources, uh, organizations that we can connect with and other churches doing it. I'll say from church leadership, there's nothing uh, more uh, inspiring than other churches doing something already and saying, oh, yeah, we should do that too, you know? Um and so, yeah, just both sides of the coin being in there and, and the difference that can make in a church and in, uh, in this, uh, in this world of foster care and adoption and stuff. So for yeah. sure. The next thing, uh, you're doing an event then that night with us, uh, we're doing a dad's barbecue. It's actually going to be at my home church, Bethany. And, cool. um, so we're doing dad's barbecue, uh, that evening at six o'clock and, one of my good buddies, Waggler Farms, is going to be providing the smoked meats and stuff like that. So we'll see if it lives up to Texas barbecue or not. You have to be nice. the judge of that. Um, and I'm not sure if you know this yet or not, but one of our other speakers, uh, Darian Karen Bauer, who is uh, a foster youth and then adopted um, into a f his family, forever family, uh, is also going to be sharing actually that night with you. Cool. Um yeah, but it's for dads, and uh, it's exciting to see that from a foster and adoptive dad myself. Um, from uh, We also host a foster dad support group, foster and adoptive dad support group, um, and just seeing some of those things come. So, yeah, what's your heart in um, these dads groups and in doing like a dad's barbecue like this? Yeah, it really is just um... – a unique space for guys to get together um, and connect on a certain level that really uh, it's, it's hard to connect in this particular space with, with anyone else that's not in this space. Uh, they just, I think everyone knows it. We have people that love us and support us, but man, they just, they don't get the, the unique challenges and the unique joys and so these are these are spaces where um guys can just hang out uh you know there's a lot of mom stuff out there as a matter of fact uh, a good friend of mine jamie finn i'll, I'll even plug her uh, mm -hmm. on your own your podcast right uh, yep. she just she hosts probably the, the 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 largest gathering of of moms in the country they it just happened this past weekend called filled retreat um and uh beautiful thing and there's all there's all kinds of unique opportunities like that for women uh, and what i'm excited about is to see more and more opportunities like that for men start to uh, emerge and um it's very casual typically uh but here's what i find is uh when we start to gather around and just chat very informally guys are really open up 
and we go deep fast. Uh, one thing I like in in these environments is uh, guys, we're like, hey, we don't, we're not interested in wasting time. We're beating around the bush. Let's just get to it, right? And and so it usually opens up pretty quickly when when we're chatting, and guys are real vulnerable. And it's been really really cool for a, for a dad to share something that might be hard and gosh, who else does he share this with? Uh, and for other dads in the room to be able to say, man, I get it. Like totally tracking with you. Um, mm. So that's really the heart. Let's have some good food. Let's hang out. Uh, but it, let's also then connect. Um, we're not going to take your whole night, you know, so you could, you'll still be home, uh, you know, uh, later um, uh, at a, at a decent hour, uh, some of you are like, no, I'll take my whole night. Yeah. Make sure I'm home after the kids are in bed, you know, kind of thing. Not that you don't love your kids, but you know, sometimes it's nice for somebody else to put them to bed every yep. once in a while. But, uh, yep. so we're not saying, Hey, it's going to take, uh, your whole weekend, uh, kind of thing. Or you're going to need to get on a plane and fly cross country. And it's gotta be a big deal. No, you got a ton of guys right there in your own community. Um, and, uh, let's just hang out for a little bit. So that, uh, I said the church leaders, maybe I said it's like my, one of my favorite gatherings. I'll also say this, these, these times with, with dads is one of my favorite, uh, gatherings as well. Uh, so yeah, come check it out. Make plans to be there. Uh, you're, I can almost guarantee if you went to your wife and said, uh, Hey, I think I want to go to this. Uh, she'd be thrilled. Yeah. From, from what I've experienced in the past, she'd, she would move heaven and earth, do whatever she has to do to make sure you can be there. Yeah. Yeah. For our dad support group, it, uh, is mostly the wives saying, go to this. We want you to <laughs> yes. go to this. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, several years ago, my wife said, you need friends. And so she signed me up for the church, uh, men's league softball team, which I'm not, a. that's just, that's so not me. Right. <laughs> but, uh, a funny example of um, uh, your wife, I think she would just really be thrilled and mm -hmm. supportive of, of you saying, I think I should go hang out at this thing for a couple hours. Great. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And, and yeah, it definitely speaks to, I think in a, a lot of men we have, you know, we want to put everything on the line for our family, sacrifice, put all the time in saying, you know what? I'm going to put all this in coming home from like working all day, coming home from work, going to put all this energy in hopefully. And, uh, and then not having time a lot of times for friends, for other yeah. people that we can relate with in the same similar space or season of our life. And it gets incredibly lonely. There's a lot of lonely guys out there, lonely dads out there that um, although maybe things are going okay, there's still this missing of this relationship that we were created for and, and we need in order to thrive and do this well and to have some longevity in it, I think. Um, so this is a space, maybe you're not going to make the best friends that night, but it's people that can you can relate with. And maybe it is some people you continue to connect with, some people you didn't even know were adoptive dads that you had connection with already. And um, I just think it could be a really cool thing. There's There's so many in this area, a lot of adoptive and foster dads. Um, that I just think it'd be really cool to get more and more of them together to see like, whoa, we're not in this alone. We have other people in similar spaces. And, and it makes me think of, uh, 
mobilize Ohio last year, you had the dad's breakout session. I was in there for mm-hmm. like five minutes before I had to go help with childcare. Cause it was crazy up there. <laughs> um, and it was packed. It was, the, it was the packed. men's, the men's session. Yeah. Yeah. It was packed. And, and I think you opened it up with, you know, just anyone have anything to share or whatever, like before you got into any content or anything. Yeah. And from what I heard, it just took off and yeah. n- they never stopped talking. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think guys are hungry for it. Um, and listen, if you're not a big talker, mm-hmm. uh, then great. Be in the room because it, it may just be good for you to soak in what other guys are sharing. Um, and it's just, it's a unique, unique space. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. So hopefully you guys can all be there. So come check it out or send your husbands this way or uh, anyone, you know, in that space, like recommend them to come check out our website and you can register for it. So, um, yeah. And then the last thing you're going to be speaking at mobilize Ohio, the conference on, uh, the 13th, um, talking to a bunch of foster and adoptive families, um, encouragement. I don't know what all, what, what are you thinking? Like, where are you going? Uh, at this point in your mind, um, when you come and speak to a, a bunch of foster and adoptive families or people in that space, um, what's the first thing that you want to share with those those people in that space? Because that's a lot of our listeners right now as well. So, yeah, I think um, I'm just I'm a kind of resounding gong on this over and over and over again, uh, which is. Reminding people of what's true, reminding people of what's true in the gospel, reminding people of what's true in such a way that it helps form our thinking and our processing and our perspectives, because it's so easy. And you know this, most people, most people engaged in this do. It's so easy to get very deep into the craziness and some of the hard and, uh, for that to be the primary thing that shapes our thinking and perspective. Uh, And it's important. And what I, what I love about conferences like this is that it's a time when everyone can be told, Hey, all right, stop what you're doing and kind of pull your head out a little bit and look up and around, take a deep breath and be reminded of what's, what's true. Hmm. Uh, um, it's, I don't think we realize to what extent we're swimming in the deep end. And I don't think at times we realize how long we're holding our breath underwater. And, uh, how it makes sense to me is events like this are invitations to say, Hey, um, come back up and catch a big breath of fresh air. And a lot of times we come back up and, and I think most of us can remember a time when we were kids, when you come back up out from underneath the water and you take a breath and you realize, whoa, I was on, I pushed it a little too hard. Right. Uh, um, and it's hard to know that when you're down below doing hard work, for a cause, for a purpose, for a calling, it's worth it. And sometimes we just need someone to say, come up, catch a breath of fresh air. And when we do, a lot of times we realize, wow, I'm, I've been swimming deep underwater 
way too long. And mm. um, and we're going to come up and we're just going to look around, see each other. And there's a lot of encouragement there. Oh, there's other people crazy like me. There's other people passionate like me. Um, that's important to know. But also just we're going to be filled again. Uh, we're going to be reminded of what's true. And the best gift that I can give, I think, is um, saying, all right, everybody, here we are. We're all above water now. We're going to take a deep breath and we're going to we're going to make sure that we have the tools we need to swim again in a healthy way, to thrive uh, and to keep going on this journey. Uh, and so we're going to be we're going to remind ourselves what's true in the gospel. We're going to remind ourselves that if we're not careful, our thinking can be flawed, our perspectives can be flawed. And so we're going to challenge each other uh, to allow our thinking to be shaped by what's true. Uh, it doesn't mean that we don't pretend it doesn't mean that we pretend like hard things aren't hard. No, it actually, I think gives us the ability to understand and process the hard things better. We're going to say, no, that is hard. And this is also true. And these two things coexist at the same time. And I want people to have the tools they need to hold what feels like seemingly opposing truths, the tension of uh, this is hard and difficult, but it's it's good and right and worth it. Um, this doesn't feel like it's working sometimes. I feel like a failure, but God says your work is not in vain. Uh, uh, I can't see everything that's happening. I wish I could see all the things that God is doing. Uh, and on the other side, um, God's saying, fix your eyes on things you cannot see. Uh, and we go, gosh, these all these things just feel uh, like they're in tension with one another. And where we sit is we want people to have the tools they need to hold these these things together. And I think it's in that place that we really see more clearly and we see God more clearly. Uh, and we're able to just breathe better on this on this journey. So that's the goal. Yeah, for sure. I love it. Yeah. Um, it reminds me, uh, this weekend we were with our college group from our church, Open Leader Retreat, and one of the, the speaker there talked about paths of righteousness. And he said paths in Hebrew actually means like circular kind of thing. And and in this, he went on about it for a little while, but, but basically we go in these circles of hard things and we have a hard time seeing that it's continuing to lead us out on the other side of the circle or of the path is is life and is hope and is mm. like, can we trust God and following these paths and kind of use the picture of, you know, you ever see a path up a mountain, it's not just straight up. It goes around and slowly climbs. Right. Um, and that's that path we're on, that it's a path of righteousness and that it's something that we're continuing to grow in. We're continuing to trust in and take courage of knowing that in that hard part of the path, that back part, we know that we have the other side coming and, and getting that refreshment in that um, of knowing we can trust God and that we can take courage in that. Um, so, yeah, I, I love, I love that of, of having that, taking that breath, you know, we get caught up so much in the mission. Sometimes we miss the purpose and, and that what got us there in the first part. Um, yeah. And so we got to remind ourselves of that and, and we need people to remind us of that too. So Good. Awesome. Um, yeah. 
anything new and exciting that you're working on right now or that you're uh see coming that you want to tell any of our listeners about um no a lot of irons in the fire not quite ready to share publicly i, I do think there'll be some more substantial stuff for dads and, and guys coming out at some point uh and then i'm kind of the space that you and i tend to uh interact on most along with a, a lot of other people around the country is um just how do how do we as organizations networks nonprofit leaders come alongside and serve the church better and so we'll see more and more resources come out for that and all of this is intended to serve the church both church leaders um, organizationally and strategically but also people within the churches that are that are engaging in this space um mm -hmm. Uh, and so just a big, big, the, the bullseye is always the church and mm -hmm. how can we help mobilize, serve, support the church and all of its forms and all its people. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, that's, that's our heart here as well. We realize yeah. this is such a big thing going on here, such a big issue at hand that we have to have the church to step in and it's the heart of the church to step in in some way shape sure. or form and and everyone can step in, in in a different way um that fits who they are their giftings their callings and and their heart and that so for yeah. sure good yeah. stuff awesome I, I look forward to any of the new content that's coming out and uh to more of the cohorts and stuff as well um then seeing you in april so that'll be really good um where can people find um, find you and connect with any yeah. of your resources? Uh, you can uh, check it out at jasonjohnsonblog.com. And uh, we've also, just through the organization I work with, CAFO, uh, launched what we call uh, the Pure Religion Project. So you can mm -hmm. check it out at purereligionproject.org or kfo.org slash religion, And you'll see uh, really the suite of church-based resources there awesome good deal yeah. and and to any of our listeners you can find all the links to this stuff um, in our show notes uh at, and you can go to our website hopebridgeohio.org you can find uh registration for these events on april 12th and 13th so mark your calendars and uh we hope to see you guys all there so yeah jason thank you again for joining uh, yeah. me in this and uh for what you do for uh, organizations like us and and your heart and your voice in this space absolutely loved it thanks awesome man thank you <laughs>